Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. Brand new Flyers Daily for the 20th of January, 2024. Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides presented, of course, by Ticketmaster. Make more memories live. This Flyers team is making a lot of memories. I think all of us are going to remember that goal from Owen Tippett in that game against the Stars. Wow. I'm, I'm still reeling from that goal. And just how incredible of a goal it was. Looking back at that assist from Morgan Frost to Sean Walker to get the Flyers on the board at the 19-minute mark of the first period. And I'm seeing all of these high-skill plays, high-end offense. One of the things we talked about going into this season is Flyers need more high-end skill. They need more high-end skill. And they do. And they still do. But they've got some here. I think when things go poorly for an extended period of time as it did for the Flyers organizationally, we tend to discount everything, even the good things, because the sum of it all, the team in general, wasn't getting it done. But I think we're seeing, it's also development. We're also seeing the development and discovering for players of their talent at the NHL level. Um, And those two players kind of stick out to me in a big way. We saw, you know, Noah Cates jump onto the scene last year. Obviously, this year wasn't quite having uh, the same success as he did last year in a slightly different role. And then he broke his foot, and he's returned now for a couple of games. I like to see him get it going offensively as well because he's such a responsible player all over the ice. If he can add that offensive element to his repertoire, and we'll see if he gets moved back to the middle or stays on the wing, then I think that uh, the Flyers can only be better for that. But the Flyers will be back in action today against one of those teams in the NHL that you look at and go, now this is a team that's got some high-end talent. You look at the Colorado Avalanche. Obviously, they won a cup a couple of years ago, and they got huge names, enormous, highly skilled names on the marquee. Whether you go back uh, uh, with Nathan McKinnon, it's obvious the talent that he has. He's an absolute machine, and he's got 70. This is crazy. He's got 73 points right now in 46 games. 24 goals, 49 assists, 24 assists on the power play uh, to go with five goals. And uh, he is obviously a guy that you have to always be aware of when he's on the ice. Similar, not the same, but similar to Connor McDavid because he can play with such incredible pace and he's got such good hands in all situations. Uh, So McKinnon is a guy to circle. But then you also have another guy like Miko Rantanen, you know, big right winger in 46 games this season. He's got 58 points, nine of them goals on the power play, 24 goals total. Uh, Another high-end player uh, for this Colorado Avalanche team. And then Kale McCarr on the back end. He's missed five games, but he's got... 53 points in 41 games, 43 assists, 10 goals, 19 assists on the power play, including four power play goals, another high-end player. That's what this Colorado team is built on. Um, They don't have – they're not doing great between the pipes. Georgiev is, uh, you know, not been that great. Colorado's a team that will give up goals. Georgiev, in 38 games, a record of – Good record, 24-11-2. The team's really good, and they've outscored their mistakes. Uh, a 2.95 goals against average, not bad, not great, 
but an 896 save percentage. Sub 900, not good enough. And uh, they haven't gotten great goaltending across the board. Their team save percentage is 895. Uh, Prozvetov uh, has an 895 save percentage as well. So uh, this is a team that you can score on, but they're a team that can pile the goals up on you as well. I imagine we'll see Carter Hart with the start today. Where does Colorado rank in the NHL? They're the fourth best team according to points percentage at .663. Only the Jets, Bruins, and Canucks are above them. And then it's the Panthers, well, in Colorado, then the Panthers, Rangers, Dallas Stars, who we just saw in the last game, Vegas, and the Philadelphia Flyers had the ninth highest points percentage of .622. Actually tied with the Edmonton Oilers ahead of the Carolina Hurricanes and where the Flyers sit uh, on this date in the division. In that second spot, two points back of the Rangers. Flyers have played 45 games. Rangers have played 44. Uh, but the Flyers right now, three points up on the Carolina Hurricanes. And they're sitting uh, on top of the Washington Capitals now six points. So they're starting to build a little buffer. But you got to continue to pile up these points. And you, you could have you know, a bad week where you have four games and only come out of it with two points of a possible eight. And you can be on the outside of the playoff picture looking in really quickly. Uh, goals for games played when you look at the uh, Colorado Avalanche. Second highest scoring team in the league. The only one that scores more is Vancouver, who the Flyers actually shut out 2 to nothing this year uh, and beat twice. 3.70 goals per game. They give up 3.15, which is the 15th most in the NHL uh, this season. Power play, when you talk about weapons like McCarr and McKinnon and Ranton and others, uh, you know it's going to be pretty darn good. It's the eighth-ranked power play for the Colorado Avalanche. Flyers, though, have uh, power play goals in six straight games, if you can believe that. When it comes to PK, the 81.3% for Colorado, um, that's an area they're going to want to be maybe a little better at. They're 11th in the league right now. Not horrible, not great, uh, just about average. Uh, but the Flyers, the PK has been special this year. 86.5%, only the Kings with a better power, or PK, at 86.7. But the Flyers do lead the NHL uh, with those 10 shorthanded goals. Uh, look to keep the power play going against this Colorado team as well. But this is a team in Colorado, much like when you face Edmonton, that your game has to be incredibly detailed. You have to always be moving your feet. You have to always be on the right side of the puck, and you have to always mind the gaps because of the way they play and how fast they play. They're fast skaters and they play fast. Some teams, they're not the fastest skating team, but they can play fast. Uh, this Colorado team can do both. So the Flyers uh, will have their hands full today. And when you look at Colorado, maybe the Flyers are getting them at a pretty decent time. And here's why. It's the fifth game for Colorado of a five-game road trip. Now, They've played the road trip in total. They started in Toronto uh, last Saturday. They beat the Leafs 5-3. to three. Then they went on Monday to Montreal and lost 4-3. to three. Then they, lo they beat Ottawa 7-4. to four. And then their last game was on Thursday, and they lost to Boston 5-2. to two. So they're not going to be in the mood to lose again. But fifth game of a five-game trip, last game of the trip before they go home. And... Uh, they've also played four games. It'll be four games in six days. So it's been a bit of a grind for this Colorado team on the trip. Maybe you're catching them at a good time. We'll see. We'll see if, 
you know, losing to the Boston Bruins in their last game trumps the last game of a trip in four and six. Flyers have overcome that this year. They've overcome back-to-backs. Um, every team is going to be asked to do it and have to do it at points. Um, we'll see if the uh, if the Colorado Avalanche have uh, full steam and full energy at Wells Fargo Center today. It's back-to-back matinees this weekend. One o'clock today against Colorado, and then one o'clock tomorrow against the Ottawa Senators. So uh, a lot of hockey this weekend. We'll see if Georgiev gets the start. I imagine he will. He played the last game, and he's played most of the, all the games on the trip with the exception of uh, the Ottawa game. So we'll see. And that was a back-to-back, but we'll see uh, if he gets this one. I would imagine he would. I think the days of the Flyers, uh, you know, seeing a lot of backup goaltenders for this season are probably in the rear view. A lot of times you, you target when you play certain teams and when you're going to get your backup in there. And... You know, when the Flyers weren't a good team, that was a target for teams. Okay, we can play our backup in this game. Uh, that's not the case now. Uh, nobody, you're not going to sneak up on anybody at this point in the season on January 20th. And they're going, oh, the Fly- wow, the Flyers are a good team. We didn't know that. Uh, everybody knows it around the league right now. And they're taking notice. And after the game on Thursday over the Dallas Stars, I'm sure a lot of Western Conference teams took notice as well. Dallas is a really good team. And the Flyers controlled that game like no game they've controlled this entire season. So it's not like it was against, you know, a really bad team like Columbus or Anaheim, somebody like that. No, it was one of the top teams in the Western Conference, a bona fide cup contender that the Flyers really just stifled for 60 minutes of that hockey game. It was stunning to see. It had those highlight moments that we started out talking about with the frost pass to Walker and the tippet goal. But overall, just the structure in the D zone was immaculate. The way they defended their blue line against the rush, against a team that likes to get out on the rush. Dallas likes to, you know, stretch the ice and get out on you quick. Flyers stayed disciplined, defended that blue line extremely well, made zone entries difficult. And when they did get in the zone, kept them to the outside, blocked shots, and it was one and done. Flyers were going the other way in transition. So they did that extremely well. And the area where they've really grown over the last five games, to me, has been the forecheck. You saw it in that first period against Dallas. They were just a step ahead on the forecheck at all times. Winning races to pucks, winning battles, uh, 50-50 puck battles, keeping the puck in and creating second-chance opportunities. And you got to do that. That's what tilted the ice for the Flyers in that game. So... Uh, really impressive performance. We'll see if they can follow it up today. I'm not saying you're going to hold Colorado to one shot until the 14-minute mark of the second period, but um, it's a different animal, and Dallas is a, a high-flying, high-scoring team as well. Uh, the Flyers will look to kind of duplicate you know, the things they can control, their structure, their neutral zone uh, structure, and certainly the way they forecheck and execute in this game. They're obviously a very confident team right now uh, with the way they're playing and they're a team that is extremely together and they've got all you know when you look at good teams you got to check certain boxes can you defend are you good on the pk are you disciplined do you play good situational hockey are you a team where you know they're not a team like like edmonton or even colorado where you got one guy with piles and piles of points if you're a sum of the parts team are you getting those contributions from the guys that 
you expect to be there pretty much game in and game out. Guys like Travis Konechny, guys like Sean Couturier, guys like Joel Farabee is in that category now. And are you getting that secondary scoring from guys like Scott Lawton or, you know, other secondary figures on, on some of those other lines? They're getting that. I'd like to see a little more scoring from the blue line. Walker got the goal the other night. Um, that would really help the Flyers, but uh, they're getting well-rounded offensive contributions, and they're a team that you know has a lot of belief right now, and that's always one of the biggest things, that as long as all those guys believe and they're on the same page and that locker room is absolutely together. I think it's astonishing when John Tortorella was hired, the first thing he talked about, job number one, was getting that room right. Now, a big part of that room and a big part of hockey is captaincy. And I've gotten a couple of uh, uh, tweets lately, and I saw this comment on the YouTube video. And if you're one of the commenters on YouTube, I appreciate it. And Laboom60, he said, I haven't seen anyone talk about this, but are the Flyers ever going to have a captain again? He said, I think Konechny should be the captain. And when we did Twitter questions the other day, I got this question from Michael. Uh, it's, it's that Sisto kid on Twitter. He said, who do you believe the next captain will be? And when do you believe an appropriate time to name one should be? And it's an interesting discussion because I've always been a firm believer that leadership is never one person. And I think that some players you can give the captaincy to and it can weigh them down. It can become... You know, a big part of the captain's job is to be that liaison for two areas, between the players on the team and the coaching staff. Sometimes the captain will go to the coach and say, look, the boys, they need a day off. And can we not practice tomorrow? Or, you know, just keep the coaching staff mindful of the true temperature of that room. And a lot of times it's the captain that'll do that. And it's also to be a liaison between the players and the media. And, you know, some players are comfortable in that. Some players are not in being that spokesperson, if you will, uh, to, to advocate for the players on two fronts. And, you know, obviously you have to have the traits of a captain, extremely professional, uh, play with a ton of accountability, uh, really be on the same page with your coaching staff, all of the things that go into being a captain. And the Flyers have had, in the history of the franchise— 18 different captains. And I think the symbolic nature of captaincy in hockey, um, you know, there's a lot of lore to it, especially here when you look at, you know, a guy like Bobby Clark and just what he meant, you know, the consummate captain. Here are the captains in franchise history. Lou Angotti was actually the captain uh, the first year, then Ed Van Amp uh, for a couple of years. Uh, before it was handed over to Bobby Clark. And then after Bobby Clark, it was Mel Bridgman. Mel Bridgman uh, for two years, and then to Bill Barber for a year, and then it actually went back to Clarky for a year, or two years. And then in the 84-85 season, uh, Dave Poulin became the captain for uh, four seasons, and I think Poulin was a great captain. Captain didn't have to be your best player. That, you know, Pooley was not the best player on that team, but he was a great leader. And he had to see that group through the death of Pelly Lindbergh and dealing with Mike Keenan, all of that. Uh, I thought Dave Pullen was one of the, the great captains here in Flyer history. 
After Dave Pullen, it was Ron Sutter uh, for a couple of seasons, then Rick Tockett. Then the team actually didn't have a captain in 92-93. Then they went on to Kevin Deneen for a season, then to Eric Lindros, and Lindros then to Eric DeJardin, and DeJardin to Keith Primo. After Primo, it was to Darian Hatcher for a season, then Peter Forsberg for a year, Jason Smith for a year, Mike Richards for three years, Chris Pronger for kind of a year. That's when he got hurt, which eventually turned it over to Claude Giroux. But you see a lot of the captains in there only for a year. Now, Pronger's was because of injury. Jason Smith was just a one-and-done. Forsberg, they ended up trading um, to Nashville. And there's some guys in there that didn't have long tenures as captain. Claude Giroux had the, the longest tenure of captain in the 2012-13 season, that shortened season, uh, to 21-22 at the trade deadline when he was moved. But do they need to name a captain? I don't think there's any reason to name a captain in this season. You don't need to complicate anything during this season. I don't think it makes any sense. I don't think there's any upside to it. And obviously, you know, leadership is very present on this team, despite the fact that only one guy has a letter on his jersey in Scott Lawton. Leader in, in the NHL, leadership, is usually about a group of six or eight guys that are the leaders. And they lead in different ways. You know, Scott Lawton is a very jovial guy and talkative in the dress. Guys like Sean Couturier are quiet. Guys like Owen Tippett, he doesn't say a ton compared to Travis Konechny. Or Travis Sanheim, I think, has really gained a voice, but more on the, the quieter side. I think we have this kind of image of what a captain is and rah-rah speeches and calling guys out. As athletes have changed, and we hear coaches and pro sports talk about this all the time, we can't coach today's athlete like we coached years ago because, you know, the athletes, you you can't just be a dictator and, you know, drive, drive, drive. You got to be sensitive to the athlete in today's game. It's different. And you have to be mindful of that. There was a time when a coach would say, I treat every player the exact same way. And it's my way or the highway. But then they realize, some guys I got to coach different because I'm going to get more out of them if I coach them this way. And I get more out of this guy if I coach them that way. So leadership is, is always a, a group. I remember talking to Steve Valaket on Stick to Hockey Live. And he talked about leadership. And he said, there's three groups in a locker room. There's your six to eight leaders, the guys that come in or total pros and, you know, kind of lead the group. Then there's usually about another six or eight guys that they're not necessarily leaders. They're not followers, but they're in line. But they're not the vocal guys and, you know, but they're on board. What you have to avoid, Valley said, was having any of the guys that infect leadership. And you can always tell when that's present. That's a team, when you have an infection, you have to carve it out. And clearly, this Flyers team does not have that. And that's a great thing. And there have been teams in the past that did. But leadership is much more than one man or a captain and and two alternates. It's a group that of leaders. And I think there's a lot of guys who have stepped up 
Travis Konechny. I, I think a lot changed when Claude Giroux was, was traded. He was a long ten, longest tenured captain. And some of these guys, when they came in as 18, 19-year-olds, he was the captain. You deferred to him. And it's hard to get out of that mindset until that presence is no longer here. That's nothing against Claude Giroux. But when he left, it opened up a lot of air for other people to absorb. Konechny, Sanheim, many others. And you have uh, a locker room that's got new voices, new blood, new feel, and one that is seemingly in a very good place. So who is the next captain? I don't know. Is Travis Konechny's worn a letter at other levels before the NHL? All. In junior, everywhere. He was, you know, a leader and a captain or an alternate on pretty much every team he's been on. Is he a guy that you would want to put the captaincy on here? Does the captain have to be like the the coach's poster boy? Because TK's not. He's not the poster boy for torts. He drives torts crazy. Does that go into the thinking? Is it a guy that has got a long contract or you know is going to be here? Is that the captain? Is Noah Cates, he's kind of soft-spoken and young, but I, I think you know who you're going to name as the captain when it organically just smacks you in the face. And I just don't know that the captain is here yet. There's a lot of leaders here. Maybe it's Scott Lawton. Maybe it's Travis Sanheim. Other guys. But is it Sean Couturier as the sage veteran of this group? I don't know. I think that maybe the captain's not here. And it obviously is not affecting them that they don't have a captain. But I would not name one in the midst of this season. Why do anything? Change any dynamic or makeup. I wouldn't want to do that. I think that would be ill-timed. All right. Flyers Colorado Avalanche today at Wells Fargo Center. We will break down that game tomorrow, and we will preview the return of Claude Giroux and the Ottawa Senators tomorrow as well. So everybody, enjoy the hockey today. We'll talk to you tomorrow on a brand new Flyers Daily.